0: You've seen the big plays. Jaron stepping to his right, looking, looking, stopping, firing, end zone, touchdown! You've heard what the playmakers and coaches have had to say. Up for a three, got
1: it! But now it's time to go behind the mic with BYU Sports Broadcasters to get their distinctive take on the games.
0: Oh, what an aggressive play! This is Behind the Mic with host Cleon Wall. We're here to bring you unique insights and stories from the BYU Sports Broadcasters who cover the Cougars, and from the Cougars themselves. Tyler Haas is back with his series, The Mental Game. This time, Tyler interviews BYU Associate Athletic Director Chad Lewis, who now works in the Cougars Athletic Department. Lewis's story is one of resilience. He walked onto BYU's football team before receiving a scholarship, and he was not drafted in the NFL, but eventually played in the league. Tyler asked Chad when he discovered that mental toughness could help him during his life.
1: Right at the beginning. I would say two things helped me more than anything else. Good family and friend. Uh, I was surrounded by great people that were very supportive, specifically my parents and my brothers. So going into it, it was really good. Um, That that was key. And the second thing was just, you just have to be tougher than anything. So walking on was the best thing that happened for my pro career, because I learned no one is going to give you anything. You have to fight for it and you have to earn it. And you don't even want to be there if someone's going to give it to you
2: because
1: mm-hmm. you don't deserve to be in the huddle or the locker room. Like, you want to earn it. Mm-hmm. And having that experience here at BYU of walking on, earning it, developing good relationships, and then having to do it all over again in the NFL, I knew what I was getting myself into. You'd I knew, been there, yeah. I knew the long road. It was like... It's gonna be tough, but let's go. And then I had good teammates and great coaches and it wasn't easy. Um, but those combination of those two things, I was still surrounded by really good people. Now my wife's in the mix. She was, she was number one for me. And then just knowing that I could do it was, mm-hmm. was really cool. Like I've done it before, <laughs> it mm-hmm. stinks. And then same thing each time, like when I was cut and had to start over, it was the exact same process. Hmm. So having gone through that, I wasn't afraid of it. It was hard, mm-hmm. but I knew, like, if I stick this out, it's going to be okay. Just keep on going.
3: Yeah. I, I, that's so powerful. I, I feel like so many times when we're faced with adversity and uncertainty, and, I mean, those things can pile on top of you pretty fast. Yeah, big time. You, rel- you relied on past experience and and yeah. the tough things that you had been through to to get through currently, yeah. right?
1: And I had good resources along the way other than coaches or friends or church leaders. Hmm. I remember I got to the Rams after I'd been one year, two games at the Eagles, broke my ankle, was cut, picked up 10 weeks later. And when I was checking myself into the Rams facility, I I asked the coaches and some of the people I was checking in, you guys happen to have a sports psychologist? Hmm. And they're like, yeah, this guy right here. And I said, "Uh, can I talk to him? They're like, yeah, you can talk to him. I said, can I talk to him right now? (laughs) (laughs) That's And they're like, sure. So I went up to him, met him. And I said, hey, I'd love to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, that's great. Let's set up a time, you know, sometime I'll be around. I said, what about right now? (laughs) (laughs) Let's
2: do it right now.
1: Right then. And we jumped into a little, we found an office and I just started talking. I had some good experiences and bad experiences from my first year and two games. And I was unloading on him in a way that was so healthy. Hmm. That was his profession, sports psychology, sports performance, and it was my greatest need. Hmm. And I found really quick that he helped me develop muscles that I needed to develop. Hmm. And then he and other sports performance guys were key through my career for the next Eight years—they were so valuable to helping me stay in the league, stay top of my game. Um, yeah, the, I, st- I think about that and just crack up.
3: Can I talk to you right now? <laughs> that is awesome. So you, you went and sought these guys out. You yeah. leaned into that that yeah. stuff, and I feel like whenever you lean into those, you have to be vulnerable. Though mm-hmm. you, you've got to let your walls down. and yeah. Do you feel like that was an important part of? Oh, it was huge.
1: Everything. After just a couple minutes, he's like, "Oh wow, you have a couple issues with with these people," and I'm like, "Yeah, big time." Yeah. You know, I had some coaches that didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in the pros. That's really challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, to go to work, knowing this guy doesn't like me at all. He mm-hmm. kind of wants to get me out of here. And you're fighting not just to perform on the field or the court. You're fighting to prove. You're fighting to prove that guy that you're yeah. good enough to be there. Yeah. Now especially in the pros, that fight is like, everyone understands that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's a little more intense than others. Mm-hmm. So as I watched uh, Zach Wilson this year with the Jets, knowing that his offensive coordinator, you know, wasn't a big fan,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I knew... You've been there. There's Yeah, heck yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I've been in the deep, dark part of there. Yeah. And it's intense. And so people that are just watching SportsCenter, catching a couple, couple clips, there's so much more going on. Mm-hmm. So... I look for him to have a, you know, great off season, big rebound, and let his skills do the talking.
3: For sure, no, it's something I experienced too. I mean, I had coaches. There were coaches that were your fan and believed in you, and then there were coaches that <laughs> no, did not no. believe in you, and they were trying to replace it's like, you. Like, why don't you believe in me? Like, yeah. I'm, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like your your high school coaches or people that you grew up with. Yeah. How did you How did you stay locked into the moment and the process like you talked about?
1: I talked about that process a lot with you know both Phil when I was with the Rams and then when I went back to the Eagles, people that I talked to, and it was, it was, okay, let's go in the huddle right now. And here we are just talking during the week and he would say, okay, let's go in the huddle, give me a call, and let's just walk through what you're gonna do once you hear the call and as you're walking to the line of scrimmage. And so we would hmm. practice that. Hmm. In the facility, in a room, I'd practice the call. So red right, 322, Y stick, nod, Z stop. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, okay, we're walking in the line of scrimmage. What are you thinking? And I'd say, well, I'm looking at the defense as I'm walking the line of scrimmage. Who's guarding me? Is it or man? Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd talk about the, the point of the game. Is it third down? Mm-hmm. Is this like a game winner? And we'd just try and back up. Yeah, visualizing walk up, get my stance, I'm hearing Donovan give his calls, and in my mind, I'm going through it. And you say, okay, who's, who's over the top of you? I got a defensive end in this technique, so I'm gonna do a little move, and I'm gonna get on my stem, and then I got a backer and a safety. Mm-hmm. So what am I gonna do to those two guys with my, with my eyes, with my head, with my body, get them leaning, and then I just walk through where I'm going with my body, my body weight, where I'm dropping Mm -hmm. and how I'm gonna get in and out of that break as fast as I can. And I'd visualize snapping my head around once I made the cut to find that ball. And then we would talk about, okay, that ball is coming at you right now. What are you looking at? Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the X of the leather panels on the ball. So I'm focusing on that ball. And this is during the week. So as I'm getting ready for the game, this is what I'm thinking of, that was my process. So when things got crazy in a game or it was a lot of pressure or intense, or we were behind, it was, it was easy and comfortable for me to go back to that process. Because like, you'd been there. I'm looking at the X, man. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I could say things to myself that would just be like, calm down, you got this. I got this. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. So I'm glad I had that kind of help people who were anxiously engaged in helping me and my career dominate mm-hmm. they weren't trying to make me do poorly and get cut mm-hmm. it was the opposite they were they were champions of they were in my corner it was mm-hmm. like hey we want you to rock this thing mm-hmm. so that felt good
3: yeah I love that w- one thing um, you just made me think of an experience that that I had while while I was playing here i I can't remember exactly which game it was but uh or maybe I'm I'm getting off topic here, but um maybe it was in the SAB, but you you turned to me and you said, Ty, you're a warrior. You are a warrior. <laughs> you are a warrior. <laughs> you've been that way your whole life. You have said it multiple times to me, but um I, I feel like that's part of your mindset is is I'm a warrior. I'm totally. here to dominate. I'm here to yeah. go do the very best that I can. Yeah. Um, do you feel like that was something that was developed or is that, is that something that was just instilled in you from a young age? A lot of it was
1: my brothers growing up. So five Lewis boys, we all played sports. Uh, we weren't the greatest, but, you know, we were tough. And um, I remember my brother playing a John Cougar Mellencamp song for me in high school. And the song was, you got to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. And he just said, look, there's going to be times in your life where people on your own team are taking shots at you. What are you willing to stand for? And sometimes it's stand and fight. Sometimes it's just stand and speak. But having my brothers reinforce that, like, hey, you got to be willing to fight. And then when I came home from my mission and walked on to BYU, it was there's no one that's, no one cares about you like you do. So yeah. you better care enough to want it bad enough to just go for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what I was willing to stand for, you know, and fight for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, I love all you guys, you're my teammates, but I have to go fight for this position
2: mm-hmm. or
1: this time on the field. And that can be a little uncomfortable when you love the guys you're, right. you're with, or maybe you don't like the guys you're with and you have to go fight and it seems like you're taking their job. Mm-hmm. It's not their job, it's the job is for the best person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can't get that confused, you're not taking someone's job, you're fighting for that job.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You wanna earn that job, and you wanna keep that job. Cause you, in college, you gotta earn your keep, hopefully it's a scholarship, and the pros, you gotta feed your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like low. false modesty is not gonna help you one bit. Oh, I'm not going to try really hard because I don't want to make that guy feel bad. Okay, well then get out of the locker room because you're not going to help this team win. Mm -hmm. Coaches want you in there if you're willing to fight and give it everything you got. Mm -hmm. I know it's complicated, it's layered, but that's what it boils down to.
3: Mm -hmm. I I love that. That's a unique perspective. I, I think especially nowadays, I feel like a lot of a lot of the upcoming generation, there, there's a sense of entitlement and like that they deserve something. But yeah. for you, it was, I'm gonna go earn this. Yeah. I, I believe in myself and there's no false modesty there. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Can't pretend, can't fake it. You can fake it till you make it in a sense, but you, you gotta be willing to earn it. You gotta, you wanna prove to your teammates that you're working hard enough and you're good enough. Mm-hmm. You don't wanna be out there in the competition doubting yourself because you've cheated the system or the mm. process like mm. shoot I'm a phony <laughs> <laughs> you want to be out there saying I can feel the moment it's yeah. intense
3: but I can do this mm. like if they throw it to me I'm catching that thing mm-hmm. um, I'm curious so you've been around I mean some incredible coaches throughout your life I mean yeah. Lavelle Edwards uh, is one that comes to mind I mean incredible teammates but, yeah, are there any experiences that are stories that come to mind in regards to, yeah, lessons you've learned or you know, mental toughness? Lavelle was
1: so, so unbelievably good. And he Andy Reid is, is like him in so many ways. No wonder he's, you know, flourishing. But Lavelle had this gift of if I was having a problem with a coach or a, a game or an injury, he could talk to you and he could, he could build you up in a, in a genuine way. He would mm. give you confidence by what he was saying. And it was, there was nothing phony about it. He's a genuine, authentic guy. Mm. And so he would say, don't worry about him. Like, you're a great player. And the way he would say it was like your own dad or your own, mm-hmm. like, the greatest mentor you can imagine. You Made don't want to let him it. down. And yeah. here he is building you up and you're like,
3: Man, if he believes in me, let's go. I can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was very gifted. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I feel the same way on my journey. There are people that, yeah, when they looked you in the eye and said something, it, it, it meant the whole world. Yeah. It changed your perspective. Um, Which puts
1: a huge responsibility on coaches mm-hmm. because the pressure that they can apply to us as players is way bigger than they'll ever appreciate. Even if they played at one time, they've forgotten it. They're coaching now, you know, Mm -hmm. and and they can talk to us in ways that can crush us or they can lift us and build us and inspire us. Mm -hmm. And I want the coaches to know that, like, your language with us players is massive. Mm -hmm. It could cause us to go into counseling for 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) And it could also lift us to play and use our skills and our talents to the to the greatest ability. Mm-hmm. That's what coach means. Like you have this platform where you're directly speaking to my heart, my soul, my everything. Be careful with that. I mean, you can be tough, mm-hmm. but if you abuse that, shoot, that's that's trouble, man. Mm-hmm. That's when people like
3: they can't get out It'll of the way. Spiral their brain. downward, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious now that it, in your role at BYU now as an associate athletic director, I mean, you're around numerous student athletes. And um, what, what have you, how have you been able to translate these skills that you've learned into what you're doing now and, Great question. And, and giving back to some of these people?
1: Yep. Tom Homo, the athletic director, hired me to be the director of the fundraising team. And he said, look, if you're going to come here and just worry about shekels, just worry about money, you're gonna fail. I want you to be with the student athletes as well. I want you to get to know them. I want you to be in their lives. I want you to impart and share what you've learned. That's, that's what this thing's all about. And the fact that Tom encourages us in the athletic department to do that and to be a part of the lives of the student athletes here, that inspires me because I'm watching you and others dominate on the practice field, in the summer, and then finally on the court when it matters. And it was like, I saw you before your mission. Well, I saw you in, in high school, so I knew what you were all about. That's why I said you were a warrior. And then you had that super cool you know, YouTube, whatever, with your dad where you're in the gym. And mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw your dad sacrifice his love for you, the time. And it, it was such an inspiring video. I will never forget it. And when you came back, I was just like, it's on, man. (laughs) Let's go. We are never going to lose a game if you're on the court. That's how I felt.
0: When we come back, Chad and Tyler talk about how faith in God and mental toughness are related. Welcome back to Behind the Mic. Let's get back to the mental game with Tyler Haas and BYU Associate Athletic Director Chad Lewis.
3: So you served a mission in Taiwan. Yeah. You speak Mandarin. Uh, still speak it fluently. Yeah. Uh, I still read
1: the Book of Mormon out loud every morning just to practice. The language is awesome. so hard. It's just my
3: way of just keeping it. <laughs> so it's cool. hard to keep it, though. So cool. Yeah. So where where how are faith and your mental toughness related? Because I I feel like they are in some way. I think they're completely
1: related. Just like intertwined as tight as you can get. Your faith, your confidence. And when I talk about confidence, I always mean real confidence, not fake bravado, Mm -hmm. um, talking smack when you can't back it up. I'm talking real, deep confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's born of faith. And I think faith and confidence grow together. So... I think as much as we can, if we're right with God, that helps us to be able to keep our eyes open and clear and have real confidence. Mm-hmm. When we are being deceptive to ourselves, our family, people close to us, or God, your confidence is out the window. And then all you're left with is fake confidence, which we see so much of in the world, you know, just loud talking, smack talking trying to pump yourself up. That's, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about almost divine confidence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you have that, it doesn't matter who the opposition is. You go into it saying, I'm gonna give this person all I got. They gotta handle my very greatest effort. If they can handle it and they beat me, fine. I'll salute them, shake their hand afterward and say, you got me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's not, It's not good enough for us to go into a competition and curl up in a ball and cry. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Can't do that. That that doesn't cut it. (laughs) we got to compete. we got to put our our skills, our gifts, our talents on the table. And I think that's what God wants. Yeah, totally. God wants us to compete and find success, right? Whether you're a missionary, he doesn't want you going out there like a worm. He wants you standing tall and humble. Mm -hmm. A heart full of charity, giving it all you got. Mm -hmm. To me, that's like with all your heart, might, mind and strength. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. And when we come home from serving as missionaries, he doesn't want us to throw that away. He wants us in basketball or football to compete the same way. With all your heart, might, mind and strength. Mm -hmm. And he does not want us to give up the valuable things we learn as missionaries. That make us different. Different in what way? Different in what we what inspires us. Christ is what inspires us. The sons of Mosiah, they inspire me. When I read the stories of the Book of Mormon or the Bible, like that inspires me. Those guys were warriors. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make excuses. They went straight after life in the in the coolest way. And so. As a BOE football player, I felt that. In the pros, I felt that. And what was cool about Andy Reid, he just backed me up with all of it. He was, he was such a great supporter and a champion and a, he inspired me and, and he even protected me, allowed me to thrive in who I am mm-hmm. as a member of the church in the NFL. That was he's sweet. I love him. I love him forever. <laughs> <laughs> and some a bunch of other
3: coaches as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You talk about surrounding yourself with greatness. Uh, this is a book you, you're, you, you wrote and mm-hmm. super passionate about. Uh, talk about some of the teammates uh, in the NFL, guys like Donovan McNabb, that you were surrounded with that helped you achieve some great, great things. I
1: had lunch with Donovan last week in Arizona. And one of the things I told him was how much I appreciated his confidence in me. So one game, we're playing the Arizona Cardinals. He threw me a pass. The pass was tipped and then it hit me real quick and, and I, I missed the ball and I hate missing catches. I wanna catch everything. Mm-hmm. And I went back to the huddle and I was so angry. I was like, dang, I wanted to catch that thing. And he's like, hey, be quiet. I'm coming right back to you. Mm-hmm. Next play threw it to me and you know, got me back on the horse. And I just said, Donovan, that was so cool of you as a teammate and as a leader to come right back to me. Mm -hmm. And immediately in the huddle, your character was, bro, I'm coming right back to you. We're gonna -hmm. gonna lift you back up. It was really cool. So um, I'm a product of those people that I got to play with. Ty Detmer was my first quarterback. Um, When I went to the Rams, it was Kurt Warner. And then when I came back to the Eagles, it was Donovan McNabb. Those are just my quarterbacks. And then Jeff Thomason and so many other teammates um, you know, the famous ones, Brian Dawkins mm-hmm. and others, those guys were they were warriors, but they were great teammates, great guys. Where you know, they inspired me to do my best and try my hardest and give it all I had,
2: mm-hmm.
1: even if my talent level was like that compared to them. That meant a lot to me and to them,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it was appreciated. That was cool, way cool,
3: and lifted you, right? Yeah, lifted big you time. during. Crucial moments (laughs) in battle probably on and off the field, right? Yeah, so let's go to the 2004 NFC Championship game. You catch a huge touchdown pass and uh, Come down wrong on your foot Uh, Liz Frank injury Uh, Seemed like the highest of highs lowest of lows. Uh, How did you how did you handle that situation?
1: That was fortunate because just before the game, my dad gave me a blessing because I had an injured tricep. I wasn't sure how I'd do in the game. I ended up having a really nice game, and then at the end with three minutes left, we're, we're gonna win and go to the Super Bowl. I catch a touchdown, I tear my Liz Frank, and I promise you that as I'm falling to the ground, time stood still, and I had a divine moment. A moment where I felt the exact same feeling I felt when my dad gave me a blessing before the game.
2: Hmm.
1: I knew we were going to the Super Bowl, and I knew I was not going to be able to play in it. And God blessed me with comfort and peace that to me is surpassed all understanding. From that moment until right now, I've never had any regrets about getting hurt at such a critical moment in my career. Without that, it it would have been devastating. I would have really, I'd still be in counseling. Um, But I was able to go to the Super Bowl. We went to Jacksonville, had surgery two days later. We flew to Jacksonville, went through the week of practice and I'm just on the sideline. We go to the game, my teammates run out the tunnel. Brian Dawkins is the last one, he's going crazy. And then I come out on an old man jazzy scooter. <laughs> and I, I wheel across the grass in Jacksonville. And it was on the sideline where I realized that the 18 members of my family who were at the game, they were my Super Bowl. My family is my Super Bowl. And I, it was poignant because here I was, I couldn't play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, was, it was a moment I'll, I'll never forget Um, I would have loved to play in the game. I thought I was going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl and drive away with a truck. It was not to be. But the divine gift that I was given is what has helped me all the way until today to realize that it's okay. Everything was the way it was supposed to be for some reason. I can't wait to get to heaven and say, what's up? (laughs) 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 Like I couldn't play in the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. But I'm grateful for the whole thing, like profoundly grateful for all the experiences. We got in the, we got in the locker room after the game, and Andy Reid came up to me after hearing the diagnosis that I tore my Liz Frank, and he's like, man, well, you went out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a
3: great coach. I love him. So, I mean, to me, the word that comes to mind is trust. You trusted Heavenly Father and, yeah. and the plan that happened. Yeah, big time and you had the right people around you to help you. I acknowledge that I was
1: there because of his grace and kindness and blessings. Mm -hmm. I, I was given blessings all through my career, before seasons, during seasons, injuries, anxieties. And it would have been unfair for me at that point to curse God and say, why did you let this happen when he let everything else happen? Mm -hmm. And I don't know the economy of heaven. I don't know how everything works. All I know is I was blessed with one of the coolest gifts of my life right there, a divine gift of peace that I can't describe in any
3: other way. It was sweet. Hmm. So awesome. Chad, do you have any advice for people who are struggling with mental health or going through a a tough moment on their journey?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I just think one of the most important things for us is to say our prayers and to read the scriptures every day. When you read the scriptures every day, it's like Christ or Heavenly Father is walking right by you. You can feel it, you feel close when you go for a long period of time without reading the scriptures, there's a distance you feel. It's hard to describe, but you feel it. Mm -hmm. And so people that are going through challenges, don't push away your greatest gift, your greatest love, your greatest support. Um, And I would say as an athlete or as a person, those two things every day, say your prayers. And don't say prayers that are, that you've said a billion times, say real prayers, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: communicate with God. And then number two, read the scriptures. For me, it's the Book of Mormon every day. And I trust that that is the word of God. I also testify the feeling I feel when I read every day gives me power, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: not power to beat other people up, power that I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's confidence. And then when challenges do come, because they, they will,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I feel there's a strength and a resilience to me that I can power through those challenges in the right way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Look, I can't describe it other than that. It's, it's kind of feeble of me, but that's how I
3: feel. And I, I feel it deep right there. It's awesome. Power to, power to overcome anything that's thrown your way. And guess what? It's coming to all of us. It's coming, <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable. It's uh, going to be an
1: injury. It's mm. going to be a coach. It's going to be a teammate. It's going to be a challenge that sometimes you you can't see coming, and all of a sudden, boom, there it is. Mm-hmm. And it's in those moments and in those times we need that help. We need that power. We need that strength. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, Chad, thank you so much. Uh, you're, you're a person I'd run through a brick wall That's cool. for, and appreciate all you appreciate do for BYU and all the good you do in the world, man. Thanks. Let's keep going. We're just getting started. Just getting started.
0: <laughs> you can watch this episode of The Mental Game on the BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. And you can download and subscribe to Behind the Mic wherever you find podcasts or listen to all episodes on the BYU Radio app. Behind the Mic is a production of BYU Radio.